Hey, I'm Charlie, and thanks for being here today. If you're already a subscriber to the show, thank you so much. You're incredible, and your support means more than you know. And if you're here for the first time, make sure you subscribe to the show, because today, like in every episode, I'm bringing you the most amazing, childless, child-free content on the internet that teaches you how to overcome those limiting beliefs you have about yourself and stop the self-sabotaging behaviors that are holding you back from embracing a life you deserve. And one more quick note before we dive into today's episode. I just ask that you please share this episode with anyone who you think may benefit from it. That is my only ask. All right, let's dive in. Remember being taught the five stages of grief in school? No? Okay, here's a quick recap. Denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and finally, acceptance. But why doesn't this popular model help us when we're dealing with infertility or pregnancy loss grief? In this podcast episode, I explore why the five stages do not fully capture the experiences of those facing and ending a family building journey and offer up a fresh perspective on how to view your grief that is much easier for us to understand and work through. I'm also going to share how stress can pop up even in situations we deem as quote-unquote good or positive and still bring about a sense of loss. So how do you frame your grief in a way that makes sense? Tune in to listen now and find out. You're listening to the Life Beyond Infertility Podcast with Charlie Dice, the show that teaches you how to get unstuck from the grief and loss of infertility so that you can accept and embrace a joyful life beyond it. When we talk about infertility grief, I want to touch on the fact of why it's so different than most types of grief. So let me ask you this. What do you think of when you think of grief? I think most of us think about the Elizabeth Kubler-Ross model, where it was in the context of she was studying folks that were terminally ill, and they knew that death was imminent, so they went through these five stages. And the five stages that she discovered were denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. But infertility is different, and we need to look at it in a different lens that puts it in more of a context of something that we can understand, because it's really a reaction to grief. And grief is a response to a severe loss, and it often feels like death. So why does this Elizabeth Kubler-Ross model and the five stages of grief not really always work or isn't always beneficial to infertility? And the reason is because death has a very clear focus for grief. There's a very defined before and after. One day or moment, the person is there and the next they're gone. And, you know, sometimes, but not all the time, there tends to be closure with that. But in infertility or a fertility journey, it's often referred to by the researchers and the people going through it as a deathless death. And the reason for that is because it has multiple focuses. You're not just focusing on a person in a casket, and you're not just focusing on grieving the loss of that person. When you're going through an infertility journey, your grief has multiple focuses. Every trip to the doctor's office to tell you that you're not pregnant again. 
every pregnant woman that you see out and about in your daily lives, every month when you get your period. These are all different focuses for your grief and they each trigger a different reaction. So the five stages of grief model doesn't account for what happens when someone goes through a fertility journey, especially when they end their journey and then they're deciding on how to move forward. So we somehow have to figure out how to do that and how to get to what is considered transformation. So we're transforming from a person who identifies as childless or has childlessness into a more child-free, not by choice. Me personally, it really has helped over the years to take out the connotation of childless and feeling less than and put it more into a connotation of freedom. I am free from the trauma. I'm free from the continuous grief and pain and anger and sense of loss. This is different than forgetting. I'm never going to forget what I went through, but I am going to move forward from it. And there's a great book by a psychologist called John Schneider, and it's called Stress, Loss, and Grief. And in this book, he offers an alternative to the Kubler-Ross model, five stages, where he talks about grief as a reaction to stress. So stress is what? It's any stimulus requiring an organism to adapt to that stimulus. So he defines something in that book called a life change stress, which is basically anything in your life that is stressful. It elicits a grief response or causes a grief reaction. So think about it. Even good life changes bring about or can bring about stress because they can bring about a sense of loss and that's completely normal. So Let's give some examples. But when you go off to college, you're so excited to start your new chapter of your life. You know, maybe it's the first time you've ever lived on your own, but you also feel this sense of loss because you're giving up or you're leaving behind your childhood, your old friends, the things you used to do after school let out, and a job that you maybe loved. And it's a change and it's stressful. Or when you get married, you're now leaving behind your single life. Maybe you're moving from your apartment to a single family home. Maybe you're completely uprooting and moving across country. You're going to have different friends, a different job, different relationships. And it's not necessarily bad, but it is still a change that can bring about a sense of loss. And so what happens is we don't expect the loss. And so we're surprised when we feel sad about it. When For all intents and purposes, we should feel happy because it's something good. So we're also grieving, but we don't know why. And this view of grief, rather than the five stages, this view of grief as a life change stress is really valuable for infertility because it takes grief out of the realm of death completely and it puts it into our everyday lives, just something that we can understand because infertility absolutely creates change in our lives, right? The treatments, the planned robotic sex, the scrutiny from society and the medical professionals, the questions, why aren't you having children? When are you going to have children? Let's do this test. Let's go down this road. Or how are we going to pay for this treatment? What is our family going to think about this? It's a life-changing stress. And so we begin to recognize then that it's not just the metaphoric death of a child or the dreams of having a child. Rather, it's the loss associated with the stress 
that is brought about by a severe life change. So this view makes more sense in understanding infertility than the grief than the view of grief as solely a reaction to death. Infertility brings about major changes in our lives and all those little changes add up to a lot of loss. And so there's a really good reason for feeling bad. This grief is a completely natural response to the overwhelming stress of infertility. And as an example, you know, think about when you're in your trying to conceive journey and you wake up and you immediately, you know, the first thought in your head is try not to roll over, try not to roll over. You know, I, I need to make sure that after I wake up and I go to the bathroom, I immediately begin tracking my ovulation signs, taking my temperature, making sure that my, um, you know, first pee of the day is the one that I'm testing with if I'm in that testing two-week wait period. It's every little twinge, every little symptom, you know, means something, whether it's a good something or a bad something. And so John Schneider presents this as a way of looking at grief as, you know, first you have to limit your awareness of it. And the second is acceptance, but it's not the one, it's not the meaning or definition of acceptance that I think you're thinking in your head right now. I know it wasn't the one that I was. He talks about two different types of acceptance, passive and active. Passive acceptance is more of like the Kubler-Ross model where you are simply resigning yourself to your fate. You're just saying, okay, this happened. I I'm aware of it. I acknowledge it. It really, really hurts, but this is just going to be my life. This is this is what I'm resigned to. Whereas the active form of acceptance is really taking control by making choices that move you forward and transform you into a person who is able to deal with these life change stresses. So you're not just kind of sitting back and saying, oh yeah, this is how my life turned out, you know, it, it sucks, but what am I going to do about it? Active acceptance is saying, yeah, this happened to me and I'm never going to forget it. And it, it's in, it was extremely painful and I'm still sometimes going to feel that pain, but I'm going to use that emotion or I'm going to use that pain and I'm going to use that experience to make something out of it. I'm going to make a real effort to find what brings me joy, have a fulfilled life. You know, we only get one chance at this thing. So I'm going to make the most of it. So even in the face of overwhelming trauma and loss, you can still choose the, the positive path. And I, I don't even want to use the word positive because I don't know if that's the right one, but you can still choose. You still have the choice to either stay where you are or move forward from it. So by not making any sort of choice, you're basically just obligating or giving up responsibility. Whereas if you're making a choice to move forward, you're regaining control over your life and affirming, this is who I am. This is what I value. This is what I prioritize. And I'm going to be okay. So I hope that makes sense. I definitely recommend you check out John Schneider's book, stress, loss, and grief. And, you know, I hope that seeing your grief as a life change stress and not as just a reaction to something. In the case of the Kubler-Ross model, it was death. But if you see it as something that, yes, occurs in everyday normal life, 
it's easier to put it into the context of something that you feel like you have control over. Again, I hope that this was helpful. If you have any questions about this, I'm happy to answer them. Send me a DM on Instagram, head over to my blog and write me a comment. I wish you all the best in moving forward with your infertility grief. So I hope this was helpful to you. I hope that you are able to look at your infertility grief in a new light and see it as more of a life change stress and a reaction to stress that puts it more into the context of something that you can understand and that you have better tools to work through. And if you are struggling and you feel like you still don't have those tools, please let me know. I would be I would love to help you through that. Love to offer you some strategies. You can book a totally free no sales pitch, no, you know, anything uh, discovery call with me. Just go to my website, charliedice.com backslash call, and we will get you situated. See you in the next episode. Thanks for listening. You're incredible. And I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you haven't done so already, make sure you hit that subscribe button because you don't want to miss next week's. And the other thing I want you to do after listening to this episode is this. Visit www.charliedice.com and subscribe to my weekly newsletter. Every week, I send you a short email that gives you actionable steps you can take to start feeling more like yourself again. You'll get things like stories from previous podcast guests, things they didn't share during the show, tips for navigating the workplace as a childless, child-free person, and conversation starters for family gatherings, and so much more. Check it out.